Hello and welcome to Spirit of 67, our weekly Queen's Park Rangers podcast. My name's Robert Warlow, I'm joined here today by our QPR club writer Phil Spencer. Hi Phil. Hello. And also our community content curator Jack McEtchen. Hey. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you? Yeah, not too bad thanks, not too bad. So Phil, um, I'm guessing QPR fans aren't doing too well after the weekend, it wasn't the best of... Uh, Performances or results against Middlesbrough? It wasn't. No, it was. Um, it, it, it's just a bit of a just a bit of a strange game. It was just one of those games where um, Middlesbrough were just um, they, they were just head and shoulders above QPR and everything. It was um, everything from uh, from fifty fifty balls to um, I suppose even just like the pattern of play. I think QPR have done particularly well this season um, against some of the other so called bigger teams. In the league, they've done very well to uh, to almost suffocate them and stop them from playing the natural, uh, like the, the natural game. Um, but they, they just couldn't get anywhere near Middlesbrough. They were just dominating all the way uh, all the way through throughout the pitch. Um, they were Middlesbrough were a little bit shaky to uh, to start off with, and it, it did seem relatively even in the first like 10, 15 minutes or so. But now, as soon as that first goal went in from uh, from Middlesbrough, they just seemed to click into gear. QPR seemed even a little bit defeated just after the first 15 minutes and then it was only really going to be one winner after that. So um, did, uh, QPR tried to change things up a little bit in the second half by bringing on Matt Smith as they uh, to do so regularly in these types of games. But um, he was just um, he was, he was even being beaten in the air. But uh, Ben Gibson and Danny Ayala in the, uh, in the middle of the defence are the two, the two big lads. And so Matt Smith certainly met his match in there and um, yeah they looked uh, looked quite comfortable in, in seeing out the result so uh, yeah, it was a disappointing day at the office but um, not one which um, I think QPR fans will be overly disappointed by more so the manner of the, uh, the, uh, the defeat I think because I think they would have just wanted a little bit more a little bit more fight a little bit more battle and maybe to just uh, stay in the game for a little bit longer. As you said they've, they've had some good performances and good results against the teams sort of up there challenging at the top so was was it almost a surprise in the end that it was sort of a, yeah, a bit of a, a damp squib for them at the weekend? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I I personally thought that it was the kind of game that might have played to uh, to the strengths a little bit. I thought that QPR, if if they if they did play the game on on their own terms, like they have done so many times at Loftus Road, um, it could have gone uh, it could have gone in their favour potentially. But um, I think the difference was that Middlesbrough under Tony Pulis, they did play um, a much more. Um, it, it was a much more direct style of play than what um, than maybe what the likes of Wolves and Bristol City have uh, played when they've uh, when they've gone there in um, in recent months. And um, I think that aside from Tony Pulis, they, they know they know when to play, they know when to get the ball down, they know when to pass it around. Uh, but they also know that if they're not getting anywhere with it, to uh, to change things up and maybe go a little bit more direct. And um, he just seemed to um, Tony Pulis just seemed to be almost like one step ahead of Ian Holloway in that sense. Um, Ian Holloway would, would change things up slightly to try and match them, but then Tony Pulis would, would go up a gear and um, he was just constantly uh, constantly ahead of him and yeah, it just seemed very, very, very comfortable for Middlesbrough on Saturday. I suppose uh, if you, in the context of you know QPR season, the result the week before was probably the most important out of those, you know, those two games in isolation, but you, you, you've got to pick up the tip points against teams around or below you, haven't you? Whereas, mm-hmm. Would Middlesbrough, is it fair to say that would have been a bit of a bonus if they could have got something then? I think so, yeah. I think it was the uh, the proverbial uh, free, the free hit, wasn't mm-hmm. it? It was um, coming up against a team like Middlesbrough. Um, I don't think Middlesbrough's league position is a fair reflection on, on how good the team are. I mean, on paper, they've probably got one of the strongest squads in the Championship. And uh, 
my, my personal point of view is that I think they will be in, in and around the other top six come the end of the season, definitely. So uh, it was a bit of a free hit for them, but I think they will be a little bit disappointed by um, the fact that they didn't make a little bit more of a go. There was no point really where, where they where they seemed like they were in it, and there was no point where it was kind of like, oh, hang on, they might be able to, uh, to mount some kind of comeback here. It just seemed very, very easy for Middlesbrough, who never really got out of third gear. We'll bring Jack in here. I mean, Jack, do you think that the position though, that QPR are in you know, it would dictate that there are perhaps more important games for them coming up. I think uh, absolutely. You know, the win over Everton as well matter most, and especially when you go and beat Cardiff as well. Just before you do think, okay, we've got a bit extra there. Okay, things don't happen the way we want against Middlesbrough. Okay, it's you know, it is what it is, and uh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, they're going to want to win the game, or at least put in a good performance. But at the end, this isn't going to be the result that defines the season. You know, they look in a much better position now after the previous two wins. And um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, there's probably three teams in the championship that are worse than KPR. So I think you know they've got that in the back at least. Mm. I think I think that's it. I mean, there was um, the two victories over Cardiff and Burton opened up kind of just enough of a buffer so that QPR. They've almost, um, you, you don't really want to say it, but they've, um, they, they can relax slightly. They've kind of pulled away from the, uh, the bottom of the table, uh, going into the middle from match. I think they were nine points clear of the relegation zone. So there was a, a decent enough gap there. And uh, from that point of view, a lot of QPRs, uh, QPR fans sorry, um, are thinking, like, oh, well, we should, we should be okay. They seem to be able to, uh, to pick up the results when they need to. So uh, from that kind of side of things, it kind of took the pressure off them a little bit going into the Middlesbrough game. But um, the defeat and the manner of the performance has maybe just uh, woken a couple of them up a little bit and just gone, right, you know what, when we're not safe until we're mathematically safe. Yes, they're still in a very good position, uh, but they won't want to be putting in too many more performances like that between, between now and the end of the season. What was the mood, what was the mood like among the fans at the moment? Um, I think at the moment it does seem... It seems more positive, certainly, than it was a few weeks ago. Um, it's certainly, I wouldn't say that it's a happy place to be because the club are going through a particularly difficult time. Uh, but I think the uh, the victories over Cardiff and Burton, they, they have put a lot of fans at, at rest kind of thing. They, they are a little bit more chilled out about the whole, the whole situation. It was um, January for them. It was always going to be a time of getting rid of a few players from the squad, but also trying to strengthen as much as possible. I think by opening up that gap on the relegation zone um, with the other Burton vic- uh, victory, I think that need to strengthen has disappeared slightly. It's kind of taken the pressure off a little bit. Um, so I think QPR fans are a little bit more content about um, about where they are at the moment. Um, I think in terms of this transfer window, I mean, people are generally quite happy with the uh, the youngsters coming through. I mean, there's still calls for the club to uh, to sign a striker to uh, to come in and very much lead the line, but to be honest, finances dictate that they won't be able to do that, most likely. Um, so I think with, with where they are at the moment, with the players that they've got coming through and the position that they're in in the league, I think I think content is probably the the best word to use considering the circumstances that they're in at the moment. So what would be success between now and the end of the season? Um, I think success would be maintaining their position in the table while giving some of these youngsters a little bit more first team experience. I mean, um, there's no doubting that a lot of these players coming through, they are they are young and they're probably 
we don't have the experience to be able to uh, to do a full campaign of championship football at this point. And so I think the, uh, the the plan between now and the end of the season will be keep picking up results, make sure that the club don't go into a relegation battle, but very much almost like building for, it sounds ridiculous to say in January, but building for, building for next season, making sure that these kind of players are... Um, are getting the experience that they need, getting the confidence that they need, and can show that they are capable of playing at this level, so that they can maybe be a, a more a more key fixture in the uh, in the team going into next year. Jack, how do you see QPR sort of looking from the outside in as to you know where they they are at the moment and where perhaps they could be or should be in the championship? I mean, QPR are obviously a huge club, but what they need right now is consistency more than anything. You know, over the past ten years or so, it's been you know up and down constantly. And I think, obviously, you want to compete at the highest level. But right now, if they, you know, they need to make the right steps to get there. You, know, you can't be skipping steps and you know, spending big money on players that you think will get us out of the championship. And then they don't. And then you're in a you know, difficult situation again. It's, um, it's, it's tough for them right now. Um, obviously, the aim is going to be avoid relegation safely, not just, you know, stay up on the last day. If they can, you know, maintain a healthy gap between them and the last three, and then, you know, obviously bring some youngsters through, give them more experience. And yeah, it is all about building for next season, really, and then, you know, hopefully uh, with the players that are there right now, they give them more experience, they'll you know, look better next season. Mm. I think I think the uh, the thing to remember is that um, yeah that they're the bringing these uh, youngsters through like wanting to bring them into the first team but there's still there's a couple of senior players whose futures are still to be decided you've still got the likes of Nezim Manua you've still got James Perch um, you've got Jack Robinson as well who to be honest the club will hopefully be looking to uh, to tie down but all of these uh, three players are out of contract in the summer. Now, um, I know that Anua and Perch, they're probably on substantially more wages than maybe what everyone else is. So if they are to stay at the club, they'd have to take a fairly hefty pay cut. If not, the chances are that the club may well look to move them on in the summer. So you're talking about kind of big personalities and big leaders in that dressing room moving on. It's not just about um, kind of like going with what they've got at the moment and uh, trying to like forge a team together. There's probably going to be a few more changes in the summer. And to be fair, um, the club have been trying to do that over the last the last few transfer windows trying to get I suppose get the wage bill down get everyone kind of down on a, on a level pegging and get rid of the uh, the big earners who haven't been performing for them and I'd probably say that the summer could be the the last probably the, the last transfer window where they'll be needing to kind of like strip that down get rid of those bigger earners and then they can start to like slowly build up again from then but if they are to do that they're going to need some of these youngsters to have to step up and fill the gaps that are going to emerge by the potential like departures of some of these guys. Do you expect there to be any, any or much business in the last few days of this window, in or out? Um, I think there'll be, a, I think there'll be a few more going out. Um, I think, yeah, QPR they've got rid of a few players already so far. Um, in January, there's been a, a few senior players who've had their um, their contracts terminated or they've left by mutual mm. consent. Um, so there's been a couple of people left from that side of things. Um, there's been one or two that have sold, there's been one or two that have gone out on loan and they, they are kind of going through the, the under-23s, the players who are maybe 20, 21, don't really have much chance of breaking into the first team. They're trying to like get them off the books um, at the moment. So I'd imagine that there could be a couple more of them. Um, I think, I think to be honest, they're in a position at the moment where 
like a handful of players in the first team that they are probably available if the price is right. Um, there's players who, yes, there might be there might be first team players, but there are youngsters coming through who could potentially play in that position. So if if that's an opportunity to get them off the wage bill and maybe uh, recoup a little bit of cash from them, that's something that they might be looking to do. So yeah, there might there might be a few more leaving for the end of the transfer window, maybe another three or four. Um, in terms of players coming in, I think it'll be very much a case of um, the players that will be coming in to probably be replacing any senior players that are leaving. I think, like I said, with the Burton victory, I think that's kind of taken the pressure off a little bit. It's kind of taken away that that need to strengthen, like the club, the club need to bring in a, a new striker. They've brought in a couple of strikers from the under-23s who have uh, really hit the ground running. Um, and I think now the the focus will be on Anybody who is coming in, it will just purely be a case of replacing a senior figure who's left the team during this month. I think so. I think it'll I think it'll be fairly quiet to be honest between now and the end of the month. And uh, I don't think that's something that QPR fans will be particularly happy about. But I think that's what the uh, the situation that they're in dictates a little bit. Is there a danger that if they do let you know two, three, maybe still go between now and the end of the window, if they don't get replaced, that perhaps they're a bit thin? Um. I th- to be honest, I think the, any players that would leave between now and the end of the month, um, they seem to be fairly adamant that it's not going to be any of their any of their key players who are going to be leaving. So hopefully they shouldn't be left short at all. I'd imagine that any players who are leaving uh, would be, there might be a couple more of the under-23 lads going, people who, to be fair to them, as much as they might have a, a bright football, uh, a bright career in, uh, in football, sorry, um, they probably aren't going to break into the first team anytime soon. Um, there's been a couple of players who've been linked with moves away, like uh, Idrissa Silla, striker, he's been linked with a move away. Uh, Pavel Zvolek, the, uh, the winger turned fullback this season, who has um, also been linked with a move away. Um, and both of those players, although they're first team players, they are players who could realistically be replaced by someone coming through. I mean, QPR have got Darnell Furlong, who's a uh, fullback who's come through and he, he was on the scene last season and he's just come back into the starting lineup in the last couple of weeks. So he's a ready-made replacement for, uh, for Pav if he, if he was to move on. Um, Idrissa Silla, uh, like I mentioned, they've got, um, they've got Aramide Ote, who's come into the first team. They've got Paul Smith, two young lads who weren't really on the scene before Christmas, but have stepped up and shown that they can, that they can do it at this level. So if an offer came in for him, he might be another player who, who they might get rid of because mm-hmm. they do have ready-made replacements there. They wouldn't need to necessarily go out and, and sign a replacement. But um, yes, I, I don't think any of the business that they do this month would, would leave them too short going into the second half of the season. So looking ahead to the weekend, they've, uh, they've got an, I suppose the idea would be to bounce back from the, the Middlesbrough game, but not an easy uh, game to try and do that in against Bristol City. Yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a difficult one. Um, I think, thankfully, they, they have been playing in the, um, in the Carabao Cup uh, this week, so there might be a little bit of a cup hangover. Uh, when when QPR played them at Loftus Road, they were, they'd also been playing in the Carabao Cup midweek, and it was just exactly that. There was a hangover after the game with Man United in December. Uh, QPR managed to uh, to get a one all draw, very much doing what they do best at Loftus Road by stopping them playing the natural game. And I think I think Ian Holloway will be looking to do the same again. Um, I know that um, the game against Man City it did seem to be a little bit of a foregone conclusion at half time in the uh, in the match, but they did fight back in the second half. A lot of energy was put into that to try and find a way back into that uh, that semi final tie. So hopefully QPR can hopefully take some adva- uh, take advantage of some tired legs at uh, Ashton Gate. I think Bristol City have definitely uh, 
captured the imagination of uh, a lot of people across the country, haven't they? What have you made of the Jack and the, the Cup run? Um, they've been really impressed. They've showed you know, the entire world what they can do, and they've probably been one of the few teams to actually go at Manchester City this year, and it's worked out. And you've got to think, you know, they've not had a great um, 2018 so far. Of course, every other team they've played has been a Premier League team so far. <laughs> but um, uh, regards to QPR, I think Ian Hollywell have learned the lessons from the Middlesbrough game and know that um, you know, this isn't a game they have to win or anything, but the incorrectable went wrong. And, you know, yeah, Bristol City, they, um, you know, they played on Tuesday and you know, they could suffer again from the Raptors. We've seen before, and it can happen again. But um, no doubt, it's going to be a tough game for QPR. Completely. I think I think it is a game that um, I think QPR will be hoping that they'll, they'll feel a little bit more comfortable going into this kind of game. I think that it is exactly that kind of fixture where QPR have prospered against teams who like to get the ball down and play. They like to play in an attractive manner, get the ball down and keep possession. And that's where QPR kind of come into their own because of their high intensity, their high pressing. They try and stop them having that time on the ball. Um, it didn't really seem to work against Middlesbrough who were able to, uh, to flex their style a little bit, but a team like Bristol City, we've, we've seen it so many times this season, it's so built into their DNA that they, they play that way, they look to get mm. the ball down, they look to move it, and QPR will be hoping that that extra 5% of, of energy that they'll have going into the game will be enough to, to stop them playing the game, but then also they can force some mistakes out of them and maybe uh, nick a win at Ashton Gate. So um, I think there'll be... I wouldn't call this one a free swing. It is um, it is a game where there might be a little bit more expectation on QPR to get something, but it, it is it is a game where you, you could see them getting a result. You could certainly see them coming away with with a draw if Bristol City are still a little bit um, hungover, so to speak, coming from the Carabao Cup game. I'm sure Ian Holloway will uh, enjoy a trip to Bristol, will he? He's, uh, I'm sure he'll be uh, welcomed uh, with open arms, won't he? Wow. Well, I'm not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think oh, it's it's a Bristol Rovers. I was going to say a different uh, reception for him at Ashton Gate. Sure. I think so. I think so. No, I think it'll be. Uh, I think I think it should be a good day out. I mean, the, the fans at Ashton Gate. I mean, when they are uh, when they're on the game, they do make it a really lively atmosphere. Um, Ian Holloway, he he loves being the uh, the old pantomime villain in these kind of games. I think going there as a uh, as a Bristol Rovers lad, I think he'll be he'll go there. He'll probably try and rub the fans up a little bit and uh, create an atmosphere. But that that's what he does best. And um, yeah, good, good luck to him. <laughs> I was say he's, he's he's done well before when it's been us against them, hasn't he? Oh, he loves it. He loves being uh, us against the world kind yeah. of situation. He absolutely loves that kind of situation. But um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll probably look to do the same on. Uh, on Saturday, and um, yeah, we just have to see whether you know the Bristol City fans bite because if they do, it could be a uh, could be a tasty atmosphere. Uh, as you said, though, I mean, you wouldn't class this completely as a free hit, but perhaps realistically, the the, the next game after mm-hmm. after January at home to Barnsley is probably more important in terms of who they're playing mm-hmm. and around them mm-hmm. um, to get a result, and that you know, there'll be more more of a onus on, on that game. I yeah, I think so. I think when t- in terms of the Bristol City game, you probably go as far as saying this is probably the ideal time to play them. They're not mm-hmm. in a they're not in a good run of form at the moment. They have struggled a little bit since the year, since the turn of the year. Going to be a little bit tired after the Carabao Cup game, so it does seem like the ideal opportunity to to play them. But yeah, it's, it's certainly not a not a free swing, but not one that where anything's expected of them. But yeah, I think the following week when they are home against Barnsley, that's the kind of game where it's like, surely this is this has got to be a, 
if you, if you want to stay clear of that relegation battle, you need to be winning these kinds of games mm -hmm. to uh, to maintain that gap. Because if, if Barnsley won, if Barnsley had won that game, God forbid, well then that that gap uh, immediately shrinks, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? it does, and the yeah. pressure's back on. So uh, yeah, I think there'll be. Looking to keep the focus on Bristol City, but then yeah, when it gets to the gets to the other time for the Barnsley game, they'll be determined that they don't want to get dragged back into that battle again. So we'll, we'll put your, uh, your head on the block here. What, what do you usually say is prediction for the weekend? Um, I'm going to go with same scoreline as what it was at Loftus Road, one all. Okay. I think I think that's uh, yeah. I think I think QPR should be able to uh, should be able to get something out of it. It's more suited to them than the Middlesbrough game was, and I think yeah, the factors. Including Bristol City playing midweek, I think that all possibly see it like even out at a draw. Jack, what do you reckon? I'm going to go for a nil-nil. I think you know Bristol City are going to suffer a bit playing in midweek, and uh, QPR are going to have to take advantage of that. Okay, I'll, I'll put my my prediction in as well. I think one on one with you, Phil. I think. Aren't we, aren't we a bunch of fence uh, setters? <laughs> well, I, I just think it's the sort of game, like you say, that that Bristol City might have that hangover, and. Yeah, I'm not sure QPR will go and win, but I've got a feeling they'll get something. So let's hope we're, uh, we'll prove right for, uh, for. We'll discuss next week. For QPR fans. <laughs> yeah, we will, yeah. Um, that's it for, for this week's Spirit of 67. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thanks, guys, for joining me. Thank you. And um, we shall be back sometime next week. Um, what day yet, I'm not sure, because of around transfer deadline day, we will we will work out when the best time is to, uh, to put out the podcast. Um, but. Hopefully for uh, for QPR, they enjoy their trip to uh, Bristol at the weekend. Safe travels for all those going, all the fans going, and um, we'll speak to you. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.